It is necessary to investigate before legislating. But the line between investigating and persecuting is a very fine one. Now a man is seen walking towards the officer's SUV. What the deputy's SUV investigators tell us, it seems the suspect was going to pass them, then turned and fired multiple shots while the two were parked. multiple locations that have been burning in Kenosha, Wisconsin. Madam Speaker, my colleagues, my fellow Americans, I rise to support the impeachment of President Donald J. Trump. As far as the allegations of the CIA hacking into the Senate computers, nothing can be could be volatile, and I'm about to talk to him about allegations that he was involved with prostitutes in Moscow and that the Russians taped it and have leverage over him. And now, here's CD Media's host of Information Operation. Welcome back to Information Operation. Uh, we've been on the road for the last few days, uh, actually a couple weeks, in Ukraine and elsewhere, trying to dig information on, on how this, uh, the backstory to this entire election fraud that's been massive in the United States over the last, uh, since November 3rd, uh, trying to dig into that and get more information of how this all actually happened. But we had our guest, Russ Ramsland from Allied Security Operations on a few weeks ago, and, and wow, that was a hit. We got almost uh, around a million views, and, and the views are still rolling in, and the comments, and uh, people really like the interview. Russ has been obviously way ahead on all this for several years now, and we wish people would have listened to him, but uh, people are listening now. So, uh, Russ, with, without further ado, I'm just going to let you get into maybe an update of what's been going on since our last talk. Well, welcome. I appreciate it, Todd. It's, it's, always, uh, it's always fun to get together and, and come back on here. Um, we have been very, very, very busy. Uh, lots of people want all kinds of information because I think they've realized now this isn't about whether Biden won or whether Trump won. This is about whether we have an election system that the American people can even trust. And the answer is we don't. It's about whether um, we have a country that people can believe in. That's, that's exactly right. And you look at... Um, where all of this election system came from. And so much of it actually has roots all the way back to Venezuela in 2000. Um, the things that Sidney Powell has been talking about are exactly right. Lots of the software of Smartmatic, which was designed specifically so that Hugo Chavez could cheat. Um, that same software is in the Dominion system. And um, the same ways to cheat are in the Dominion system. And these aren't just allegations anymore. We have been out proving these things um, in all kinds of ways. And the, the press or the mainstream press can uh, keep saying, well, that's not evidence, that's not evidence, but it is evidence. And, and we'll talk about what some of that uh, evidence is because it's, in some cases, it's even beyond evidence, it's proof. 
um, and it's been done, and um, it's out there. So let's let's just talk about a little. Um, there is an algorithm inside the Dominion software. Um, it's called the RCV uh, Rank Boat uh, Count System. It comes from a system that was called SMOTE, which was designed to um, change numbers in order to um, oversample minority voting. Uh, and it's a little change from that software um, that's actually in the Dominion system. And, and you don't have to take my word for it. All you really need to do is read the Dominion manual. It tells you all these things. Uh, that happens to be chapter 11. Um, same thing with all these ridiculous things uh, about it's not connected to the internet. That's ludicrous. If you read the Dominion manual, step one, plug the system into the internet. I mean, you know, this is, and, and you're just laughing at the press that go, well, it's not connected to the internet. And there's no proof. Well, okay, read the manual, you know, yeah, yeah. real concept. Um, but we know the algorithms there. We know it was used. And the way we know it was used is that we have raw data with decimal places. I don't know about you, Todd, but I've never been able to cast 1.32 votes. So how does this happen? Well, the way the system works is votes are put inside the computer into buckets. Um, there's a bucket for adjudication. And those are votes that may be um, blank ballots that were fed in. Uh, those may be uh, ballots that for some reason or another the equipment would read. They could be write-in ballots. And it's very clear in the manual that the operator can go and vote those ballots any way he wants to vote them. That's absolutely up to the operator, that whole bucket of votes. Uh, including to that in the previous interview that it was changeable at the local level. Yeah, absolutely. And it is. And you just read the manual to see that. Uh, but the other bucket is interesting because, you know, people think that the way these systems work is uh, if, if you vote for Bill and um, I and my wife vote for Fred, Fred's going to hit two votes and Phil's going to get one vote. But that's not how it works. All three votes are put into a bucket and then they are allocated out to the candidates according to what is in the algorithm at the time. And you can look through, for instance, the Philly uh, vote dumps. And when you do that, you'll see that what happens is <clears throat> there's about three or four different algorithms, uh, like one vote for Trump and 48 votes for Biden, one vote for Trump and 60 votes for Biden. And that algorithm will go into various precincts. And for an hour or two or three, <clears throat> that will be it. That's, that's how every dump goes. And then that algorithm immediately within minutes gets passed to two other different precincts. And now for an hour or two, they will report one to 60. And you can track it through the entire Philly data and we've tracked it through other data. Mm -hmm. So between the decimals, and the way that the votes are, are being um, dumped and counted, we know that it's, it's completely bogus. There's been a lot of good uh, Benford analysis. There's been some bad Benford analysis, but there's been some good Benford analysis, uh, which basically uh, is a, a methodology of showing 
that the first decimal number um, in a randomly occurring set of numbers, the lower numbers always are, are in the greatest preponderance. And then there is a slope that simply goes down as you go up. Well, what happens in every state is that that's true until you get to the battleground states. And there you've got a system where the slope is coming down all right. But what happens is that then you get into the 5,000 and 6,000 batches and suddenly they shoot up and go across and then go back down eventually. So you can see in three different ways that um, these votes are being manipulated. Uh, it's, it's ridiculous. We see spikes. We went and did a spike analysis for one of uh, my affidavits. And uh, interestingly enough, it was the affidavit where my poor guys accidentally gave me Michigan data, I mean, Minnesota data instead of Michigan data. And we've corrected that now. Uh, and it showed the exact same thing that we saw in Minnesota, by the way. But we've corrected that now. And um, <clears throat> the spike data is interesting because what happens is you'll get a spike of votes and they supposedly occurred and were processed in a fairly short period of time, huge number of votes. And we saw it in Kent, we saw it in Oakland, we saw it in, in Wayne County, et cetera. And so we looked at the equipment that was actually on hand to process ballots at that location and what speed they could process ballots at. And what becomes very apparent is that it's kind of like if, if you got a speeding ticket in a Volkswagen Jetta for doing 540 miles an hour, you'd go to the judge and you'd go, judge, this is physically impossible. A Volkswagen Jetta won't even go 540 miles an hour. And that's what it is here. The, the voting equipment that was on hand couldn't possibly have processed the number of votes that they say it processed in the time frame it processed it. So there were votes that were electronically created. Were yeah. yeah, yeah. And and then they say, oh, but what about, you know, hand recounts? Well, let's talk about hand recounts. For instance, in Georgia, they supposedly had a hand recount. They didn't. They didn't actually look and count and separate paper ballots necessarily. A lot of times they just ran them right back through the scanner. Well, the scanner is going to read a barcode. It's not going to read what's written on the ballot. And so if the barcode was wrong or modified or changed the first time, it's going to read it the same the second time. Sure, sure. So that the recount that's gone on is, is uh, bogus. We have thousands of affidavits now from people who were involved in those. And they, they have a common theme or uh, wherever, it, what state it's taken place in. And the theme is, you know, it's really weird we get all these ballots to, to be hand recounting, and then we get a stack of ballots that are pristine, and they're supposedly mail-in. And there's no marks on them, they're perfect, they have one wonderful crease, and by the way, the way they're filled in is all perfect out. No stray marks, no anything. Computer and the paper doesn't even feel the same. Yeah, so it's computer generated, I guess. Yeah, yeah. and, and or, or pre-printed and then brought in, you know. People don't realize if you load up the computer with uh, a bunch of electronic ballots uh, and you're really intent on cheating, then what you really want to do is you also need to end up eventually with a paper ballot in case they checked it. And so it's real simple to pre-print them up and go, hey, we just uh, created 100,000 electronic ballots. Can you bring them in? 
And then those famous trucks in Detroit show up at four, five, six in the morning with the pre-printed ballots that you need in order to, to hopefully survive unless you start testing those ballots. And then it's going to get pretty interesting. But uh, all this kind of stuff is going on. And the real interesting part is you should ask yourself with the critiques of my Mich first Michigan affidavit. And I'm happy, by the way, with the critique because I'm glad they found the error and we fixed it. Right. Um, but what was interesting is they didn't want to address any of the other points in that affidavit, which were killer points. Uh, they were just hoping to dismiss the, uh, the affidavit by showing where my data guys accidentally gave me the wrong thing for that one deal. And as, I, as we're in this and, and we're continuing to go along, at some point, I think the American public is going to go, what are they so afraid of that they don't want to have an investigation? Uh, you know, here in, in Dallas, we ran, um, were part of a very interesting little operation. I don't remember if we discussed it the first time or not, but we actually collected every single vote record as it occurred during our early voting. And we, we took that vote record, which would have the person's name, it would have their, their street address, it would have uh, whether they asked for a mail-in ballot, when it was mailed, when it was returned, whether it was voted, whatever. And we watched it. And it was cumulative so that you would get some on Monday and then on Tuesday, you'd get the Monday and Tuesday. And then on Wednesday, you'd get the Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. So we watched that whole process. Well, what we found is on Monday, we could sum up all of the zeros and ones that created a voter record. And that sum is called a hash. And we, that hash is unique because it's summing up the zeros and ones of that one voter record. The combination of the guy's name and address and his balloting and all that, very unique. What we would see is that on Monday, his vote would be registered, but by Thursday, the hash changed. So that ballot had actually been tampered with inside the computer between the time they first registered it and two or three days later. Do you so, think that's why, like in Georgia, there's been, you know, uh, shredding trucks and stuff like that showing up? I mean, are they trying to destroy evidence? Yeah, that's exactly what they're doing. Because in Dallas, we saw 57,000 votes get tampered with between the time they were cast and the time that early voting was over. 57,000 in Dallas. Think about what's going on in Georgia, for Pete's sake. Yeah, really. So is That's your information, I mean, have you, have you gotten the kind of access you need to the Trump legal team? And, and is your analysis getting to the right places and the right people and the right courts and all that? I, I think it is. Uh, yes. I mean, we're, we're in constant contact with several different uh, facets of mm -hmm. the Trump legal teams and even the independent efforts. You know, Lynn Wood's effort and Sidney Powell's effort and, of course, Rudy Giuliani, which is sort of the, the official Trump team. Right. Um, yeah, we're, we're getting good access to those people and getting to coach them. And they're being very careful about um, how they expose the information and when they expose it. Uh, I'm not telling you anything that's not already in affidavits filed. I, uh, right. We, we got a very interesting affidavit uh, the other day from a uh, um, 
white hat hacker. Uh, white hat hackers, by the way, if you don't know, those are people who um, uh, obey the law. They, they're very good at forensics, but they obey the law. They don't just go and break in and do that kind of stuff. And so we have, uh, <clears throat> uh, we, we got, and we have our own white hats, by the way, but we got an affidavit from a guy um, and he has traced back all of the vulnerabilities that you can actually see using tools like RobTex, using tools like uh, SpiderFlow, using tools like um, GOIP and Whois and NS Lookup and all kinds of tools that are out there. Mm -hmm. And um, you, know, you can see Edison Research that gives information to the famous New York Times list that's really out there. And there's all these foreign countries with back doors into Edison research. And, and we're talking like China and Iran and Liechtenstein and Canada. And you're going, wow, all these guys can get in and play at the Edison research level. And um, so Spider really lays this out. Why is that? I mean, is it obviously it was intentional, but um, I guess wh why, I mean, this is a, late question but what what missed what was missed in the process for that to be allowed to happen prior well to um CISA in washington simply doesn't i mean they're just in denial you know CISA before they fired krebs about a week ago two weeks ago CISA was going it's not connected to the internet mm -hmm. really mm -hmm. i mean we tried to talk to those guys in Washington and we couldn't even get the election side of CISA to get on the phone. Yeah. And then some of the CISA guys at the state level here in Texas looked at our stuff and went, holy smokes, this is real. Mm -hmm. This is what's actually happening. These guys have the goods. We can reproduce this. And they couldn't get their people upstream to listen. Obviously, so, comp compromised organization. Uh, very. Very. And, um, and and there's a lot of people in the DHS that are good, but there are a whole lot of really compromised people in the DHS. Mm -hmm. So um, it's a combination of things, um, but it's uh, th there's a lot of denial at the national level to even look. Yeah. Um, so. <clears throat> so uh, what do we do after this election? I mean, I, I firmly believe Trump's going to be inaugurated eventually. This will be overturned. I mean, it's going to be a battle. But how do we fix this going forward? Is all of these machines have to be thrown out and yeah, uh, we go back to paper ballots. I mean, is that the answer? Well, there, there's a number of ways. Um, but uh, for the most part, the entire system does need to be completely kind of burned down, overhauled. And we need to come up with a voting system that wasn't created ultimately in Venezuela and that people know uh, one vote um, goes to a guy and two votes go to another guy. And that's how it's being counted, honestly. Right. Um, I, I don't care so much, uh, as I said at the, the beginning, about Trump and Biden. I mean, I do care, but don't get me wrong. Yeah. But the real concern I have is that the, and the concern of the American people, and I don't care where you are in the political spectrum, the concern of the American people ought to be, we need to fix the voting system so that we know it's reliable. And maybe that means you go to a blockchain based voting system. Now my guys could hack blockchain, but it's hard. 
and um, and there's a lot that would be improved by that. But and, and we do need to go back to real paper ballots, not the kind of ballot marking devices that we're using today that are so easily uh, compromised and vulnerable. Um, we just need to have a fundamental overall, and then we need to have a group in Washington that's really dedicated to making sure. Uh, and, and they haven't been interested at all in that aspect. What about blockchain? I mean, you say it's hackable. I mean, is that, uh, how is that, how is that hackable? I'm just curious. Well, it's a pretty that. technical discussion. Yeah. Uh, but yes, it, it is, but it's very, very difficult. And um, there is still uh, a lot of audit trail uh, in blockchain that you couldn't change. See, the audit trails in all these current voting systems, you can not only change them, you can erase them, you can turn them off. I mean, Dominion, um, in all the various aspects, whether it's the routers or the tabulators or any other, you know, the operator has the choice of just saying, well, I don't think we want to keep that one. Let's turn it off. They're voluntary. And they don't synchronize up. You can't see a handoff from one place to the next place to the next place. That's that's like, uh, I mean, would the IRS tolerate, if they were doing a, a tax return uh, audit of me, would they tolerate the fact that I say, oh, well, I don't really have any uh, any backup for all those entries. But trust me, this is really true. Yeah. No. And, and we need a voting system that is just as auditable as the government demands of us as private citizens. So just to stay on blockchain for a second, I know like in, in the cryptocurrencies, the, the, dis, the distributed ledger is not hackable, but it's hackable at the, at the exchange. Is that a similar concept yeah. or do you know? Yeah. I mean, so the actual voting is not hackable, but the, where it's tabulated is, is hackable. Yeah. You know? That would probably be the, the vulnerability that we would, yeah we would have to look at. Yeah. And, and what needs to happen is we need to get somebody at the top of CISA mm -hmm. who is not just a popular political appointee, but he actually knows something about it. And then we need to give him guys underneath him that frankly come from the hacker world. It, it's very interesting. What you learn in this business pretty quickly is that there's IT guys and then there's hackers. And the IT guys are all about firewalls and defense. But the reason hackers keep getting around them is because hackers have played offense all their life. Yeah. Defense is IT. And, and the defensive guys have never really been in the shoes of the offensive guys. To have a really good IT team, you really need to have them come from the hacker world. I get it. So is there anything else, any other evident, evidentiary points you want to discuss uh, over that's gone on in the last few weeks? Well, um, gosh, there's there's just so many of them, uh, whether it's the fact that the the barcode uh, is bad. I mean, mm -hmm. for instance, one of the points that came out of the original Michigan and now has been filed in some other places is Antrim, Michigan uh, was not a clerical error. It was a true software glitch. It was off uh, uploaded 48 hours before the election started, which in itself is totally illegal right. because you can't make a software code change in a 90 day period from the time of December 8th moving back. 
and not recertify and check the system. Well, they didn't. And um, what we see in Antrim is the classic mismatch between the barcode and the reader. And that's why the barcode says um, go to take a Trump boat and put it in Biden's bucket. Mm -hmm. uh, that's probably all through Michigan because there's 47 other uh, counties that, that did the same thing. It's probably uh, all over Georgia because interestingly enough, the people that then afterwards recertified it didn't ever check the barcodes. Mm -hmm. um, it's like, you know, let's go investigate a murder, but let's not go to the scene of the crime. Let's go some other state and do it. And, and so people, people need to ask of media, why aren't you concerned? Why, why this rush to judgment? Why aren't you looking for the, the holes in the people that want to say, move along, move along. Don't look at right. any of this. Don't investigate. That's really the job that media ought to be doing. And instead, it's doing just the opposite. Well, it's a propaganda machine. That, hence, alternative media like us. But uh, yeah. anyway, Russ, Russ, I want to get you back on later uh, after this is all over and, and stay on top of this whole uh, election system revamp issue. That's going to be critical well, in the next year. Well, we would love to because I will tell you, uh, if, if for some reason Trump is not re-inaugurated, um, it will be a much harder path mm -hmm. because there's going to be huge pressure to continue a corrupt system. Sure. But the good news is these are really state level decisions. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, even if, uh, if for some reason this, uh, this coup, which is really kind of what I think it is, Sure. Uh, if the fraudulent vote uh, for some reason ends up prevailing, um, then the next step is going to be a state by state battle to get them to um, get rid of these corrupt systems and come in state by state so that maybe someday uh, your children and mine will once again enjoy um, real elections and honest elections. And whoever wins and loses will do it honestly. Well, I, like I said, I firmly believe Trump's going to be inaugurated. I think uh, the American people won't stand for it. At least people like me and you won't. But um, anyway, thanks for coming on, Russ. Uh, we've enjoyed it. Uh, you're one of our best guests. So uh, thank you again. And we'll have you on again soon. Great. Appreciate it. And thank you so much. Yeah, take care. Bye-bye.